Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 128 of The Raw Verdict, recapping the highs and lows from WWE's flagship show, Monday Night Raw. I am your host and humble guide, Keela Cash. Thank you so much for joining me as week 128 of WrestleTopia gets underway. Happy Tuesday morning, afternoon, and evening to you all, as another busy week in the worlds of WWE and AEW gets underway. And last night was the July 4th edition of Monday Night Raw going down live from the Pachanga Arena in San Diego, California. And we kick things off with the new WWE United States champion Bobby Lashley and I gotta say Bobby is so over with the people and I'm very happy about it he's in a zone right now in the ring and his popularity speaks for itself so happy for him to get the pops he so richly deserves as he talks about being the new champ that people can be proud of and he made a very bold claim by stating that nobody in WWE or anybody in any promotion could beat him for the United States Championship. And they got an ooh and a ah from the crowd when he mentioned any promotion which could go to AEW, Impact Wrestling, New Japan. Are we opening more Forbidden Doors? Dare I say, I would love to see it. As unfortunately, Mr. Money in the Bank 2022 came out in the form of Theory A-Town Down. He does not represent my city, but I digress on all of that. As he talks about how he should be opening Monday Night Raw as the youngest Mr. Money in the Bank winner at only 24 years old. He tells Bobby, you got me in the first half I'm not gonna lie but I came back in the second half like Michael Jordan and Tom Brady I climbed the ladder I grabbed that briefcase I am now Mr. Money in the Bank and I hold all the cards I will wait until SummerSlam I will await the winner of Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar last man standing for the WWE undisputed Universal Championship and I will pick my spot to cash in at the right time not only that I will also get a rematch for that very United States Championship against you at SummerSlam as well. I could walk out a double champion holding all the gold in WWE and Bobby Notes if you make it to SummerSlam, if you get past our six-man tag team match tonight. And before they could continue this back-and-forth conversation, Theory attacks Bobby with the Money in the Bank briefcase, beats his ass for a bit, In a classic WWE faux pas, the briefcase opens up and there's no contract inside of said briefcase. What a gimmick. At least have a piece of paper in there to say, hey, there is a contract inside the damn briefcase. So now I would really suggest that all champions on Raw and SmackDown holding a world or women's championship, let the referee open the briefcase to verify there is a contract in said briefcase in order for this cash-in to be valid because Theory exposed the gimmick right then and there. But Bobby does fight back and get rid of Theory as the opening segment of Monday Night Raw comes to a close. This was perfectly fine. Bobby Lashley is over as a top baby face on Monday nights and Theory is just a annoying heel that really isn't over right now. He's just a dude and very one-dimensional at that. I keep saying that I love dumbass theory from his days on NXT. At least he had a fully realized personality of being an absolute idiot. This is just a carbon copy. I'm a heel. Look at me. I'm young and fresh and cool. Whatever. If you're going to be the next guy up, present yourself as such in every way possible right now you're generic wrestler number five with a briefcase nobody takes you seriously you're a solid wrestler at best right now but you've got to project more than just being the prodigy of Vince McMahon you gotta be more than just a name and a face you gotta project something besides I'm 24 and I'm gonna be the youngest to do all of this in history I don't give a shit show me why we should value you show me why you are the next John Cena according to you and the higher-ups in WWE 
Prove that to me and then we can talk. Until then, I'm not too impressed right now as Bobby Lashley was clearly the star during the opening segment of Monday Night Raw. Next up is Ray and Dominic Mysterio versus Finn Balor and Damian Priest repping Judgment Day. And this was a solid match. The Mysterios were over in their hometown of San Diego, California. And one would hope they would win in their hometown. And surprisingly enough... They found a way to get the win in a very unexpected way as Priest and Finn Balor attacked the Mysterious from behind as we go to a picture-in-picture commercial break. A rarity on Monday Night Raw, but due to the 4th of July holiday, you're going to try to retain as much viewership as possible because the numbers will take a hit when they come out Wednesday afternoon. So I can completely understand that strategy. We come back and the Mysterious mount a bit of a comeback. Then they're beat up again by the heels as we go to yet another commercial break. Two minutes later, we come back and Ray and Dominic do some nice double team work as Dominic launches Ray into her Karana on Damian Priest from the top rope in a pretty sweet spot. They deliver a double 619 to both Finn Balor and Damian Priest. Ray goes up top for the frog splash, but Finn gets the knees up and Damian Priest is going to present a still chair to the equation. Dominic spots the bullshit. He tries to take the chair from Finn. Finn shrugs him off. And as Finn goes swinging with the chair, Ray ducks the attack and he feigns getting hit. Classic Eddie Guerrero, Latino heat lying, cheating, stealing. The referee buys it and he calls for the DQ and gives the win to Ray and Dominic Mysterio. A very clever win and they win in their hometown. For that, I am grateful. But of course, nothing lasts forever. Nobody can stay happy in WWE for a prolonged period of time as Judgment Day attack the Mysterios backstage the following segment. And this will lead to this continuing in the weeks to come, possibly leading into SummerSlam as well. And at this point, we have been teasing dissension between Ray and Dominic for about a year now. And I'm honestly ready for something to happen. I want Dominic to flip on his father and join Judgment Day. Give me something different. Let the son forsake the father at long last. I have waited long enough. And if they keep losing, I can see him joining the dark side, being a part of Judgment Day. And that is what I want at the end of the day. Basically test Dominic's ability to project anger and emotion against his father. Can he cut the promo against his dad? Can he become a star from it? That's the question for me. It's now time for Dom's next step. He's been in the game in WWE for over two years now. It's time for a switch up. It's time for a different side of Dominic the Shine to see if he can get over as a heel against his own dad. And I know it's tricky doing the family business storylines and wrestling, but if done correctly, and if the chemistry is there, it can work. Look at the Rose Brothers and AEW. That was perfect a few years ago. I think about the Hardys. They got it right in TNA with the Broken Universe, which was ahead of its time. And of course, we got to talk about Brendan Owen Hart, the standard of a sibling rivalry in the early 90s in WWF. So I would hope that WWE gives Ray and Dominic the autonomy to tell the story in their way and give Finn and Damian Priest a leeway to do their thing as well so they can bring some mushy to life to the storyline on Monday nights. Next up is AJ Styles versus The Miz, and this match was fine for what it was, and it wasn't as long as their match last week, and we had a finish as AJ dominated most of this match, landed the phenomenal forearm on The Miz for the win, but AJ does not get a chance to celebrate as Ciampa attacks him from behind again. Ciampa lays in some strikes on Styles in the corner, goes for the knee strike, but AJ ducks, and Ciampa goes face first into the middle turnbuckle. Styles is a Pele kick, goes for the Styles clash, but Miz pops right up and hits the skull-crushing finale on Styles as Ciampa and Miz 
have a working relationship of some sort. And for the first time in two months, at least we have a purpose to Champa's attacks, but he still needs to talk. He's a great talker. He's a great wrestler. He's great in all areas. Let him do that instead of being a mute that doesn't say anything backstage and lets his actions speak louder than words, but those actions mean nothing if there's no meaning behind it at the end of the day. And this could be leading to a very unique tag team match involving AJ Styles and Logan Paul versus Ciampa and The Miz at SummerSlam because Miz wants Logan Paul to be his tag team partner once again, but Paul's having none of it. And Paul, in all of his appearances on WWE television, has been booed out of the building. So I don't know how this is going to work with him as a babyface, but I will say that I will give the devil his due. He was very impressive at WrestleMania. He does have what it takes to be a pretty solid professional wrestler. He's got the technique down and he could be pretty good at this fairly quickly he's in that pat mcafee bad bunny lane and that's a pretty damn good lane to be in in terms of naturals that can go out there and win over the crowd in the best possible way next up is the championship celebration of the new smackdown women's champion Liv morgan she won the money in the bank ladder match the women's side this past saturday at money in the bank in las vegas and she cashed in about an hour or so later on ronda rousey and the crowd went crazy they did so again last night in San Diego and Liv was grateful for the win but this was about the fans and how they were there with her through the ups through the downs and now she is sitting on top of the world as the Smackdown Women's Champion but this is not over this is only the beginning she's got to put in the work now to stay at the top of this division moving forward I'm very happy for Liv the hard work paid off she has been relentless in the ring over the last couple of years, she's been through tag team breakups, start-stop pushes. She finally got her moment against Becky Lynch late last year. And ever since then, she's been a presence on television, on pay-per-view as well, and having damn good matches at that. So that is the epitome of doing what you have to do to stand out, improve, get better, and earn your spot. And Liv did that and then some. I'm very happy for her. And I hope that WWE considers Liv a player in the women's division moving forward. That she is someone you want to get behind, you want to root for, and you want to push in a big way. And she's earned everything she's got. She worked her ass off for it. And I appreciate the hustle and the patience to just stick with it through the highs and lows of it all. Because it can get you down at times. The booking can make you question everything you do in the ring. Am I doing something wrong? Am I doing everything right, but not getting enough credit for it? You will overthink everything. But when moments like this happen, all the setbacks are that much more gratifying because you didn't give up on yourself. You survived bad booking and look where you are today, a champion. And thank goodness for that. And hopefully she maintains that status for a very long time as Natalia comes out there and she wants credit for hurting Ronda Rousey in the first place. She wants her due. She wants a shot at the SmackDown Women's Championship. Liv realizes, hey, I got a target on my back and everybody's coming for me. But if you want to do it on SmackDown, let's do it there. Carmella says, go right ahead because this is not the show for that. This is Monday Night Raw. Not Friday Night Smackdown. Go back to the blue brand where you belong. And besides, Natalia, if somebody tried to steal my moment, I would knock them down like I did Bianca Belair at Money in the Bank. And this leads to a two-on-one beatdown of Liv, courtesy of Natalia and Carmella. Bianca Belair makes a save. 
The Raw and SmackDown Women's Champion stand tall, and Adam Pearce comes out to make a tag team match featuring the champs versus Carmella and Natalia right after the commercial break. And the tag team match is pretty good as Liv Morgan had to fight through the sharpshooter early on, courtesy of Natalia. But Bianca uses her braid to bring Liv over to the corner to get the hot tag. And Bianca Belair runs wild for a bit, delivers a vertical suplex to Natalia, but Carmella makes a blind tag and she boots Bianca Belair face first into the ring post. As we go to commercial break, we come back and Bianca Belair is still being worked over by Carmella and Natalia, but she eventually makes a high tag to Liv Morgan, who delivers double code breakers to Carmella and Natalia. Natalia wipes out Liv with the clothesline, which is broken up by Bianca Belair. Bianca Belair is going to catch a Carmella dive through the ropes, but Carmella wiggles through and she slams Bianca Belair face first into the ring post. Liv knocks Carmella off the ring apron. Natalia goes for a roll up on Liv for a very close near fall, but Liv comes through with the oblivion for the win as Bianca and Liv celebrate in the ring, holding up their champion ships high in the air you gotta love it two talented baby faces wrapping raw and smackdown holding the gold no less it is a very nice timeline to be in as we'll see who they'll be facing at SummerSlam in a few weeks time and presumably will be a rematch between Liv Morgan and Ronda Rousey for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Bianca Belair could be facing Carmella in TV matches for the Raw Women's Championship but we shall see as we get closer to the biggest party of the summer in a few weeks time. Next up is Seth Rollins versus Ezekiel because Ezekiel sprayed ketchup all over Seth Rollins's all white outfit during the 4th of July party earlier today hosted by the Street Profits and Rollins was not a happy camper about this which led to the matchup and this was a nice showcase for Ezekiel who dominated the majority of this match a fallaway slam stinger splashes spine busters drift away a jumping knee strike as well but eventually Seth does come back and land the curb stomp on Zeke for the win and after the match is over Riddle lands an RKO out of nowhere on Rollins which should lead to a match between the two at SummerSlam and I'm here for that that could be a show stiller if given time in Nashville both guys are supremely talented and let me tell you every time Rollins and Riddle have a match Rollins finds a way to give Riddle a black eye and I expect things to get very stiff and rough during their matchup presumably at SummerSlam in a few weeks time next up is a six-man tag team match featuring the new United States champion Bobby Lashley alongside the Street Profits Montez Ford and Angelo Dawkins versus the Alpha Academy's Chad Gable, Otis, and Theory, Mr. Money in the Bank. And this was probably my favorite match from last night in terms of the pure action of it all. We got stereo vertical suplexes courtesy of Lashley and Montez Ford, which is pretty damn sweet. Angelo Dawkins delivers a flip dive, wiping out the entire Alpha Academy and Theory on the outside. As we go to a picture-in-picture commercial break, we come back and he was trying to make a brief comeback, but Lashley lands a flatliner on Gable and Angelo Dawkins drops Theory with a pounce. The sends Theory selling across the announce table in a great spot. I gotta give Theory credit. He sold it like a boss. He sailed in the air and he took that bump beautifully. And the action gets even better in the ring as Bobby Lashley lands a power slam on Gable, which is broken up by Otis. Otis' stomach is aching from eating a lot of hot dogs during the cookout backstage earlier in the show. And that allows Bobby to hit the spear on Otis. Montez Ford goes up top for a beautiful cash off rock splash, but that is broken up once again by Chad Gable, who lands the Chaos Theory suplex 
on Montez Ford who flips inside out for that spot as well. Then Gable powers up to deliver a suplex to Lashley, followed by a moonsault for a very close near fall. But unfortunately for Gable, Bobby fights back, lands a spear for the win. And after the match is over, we witness something absolutely disgusting and horrific on Monday Night Raw because apparently Vince loves vomit. So Otis threw up the hot dogs he ate. Chuck them right on up. It was nasty. They replayed it two more times in slow motion. Thankfully, Chad Gable avoided the vomit because that would have been even nastier. But this is a humor I hate from WWE and you're playing to an audience of one and that audience, quite frankly, sucks right now in the name of Mr. McMahon. But I digress on all of that. As we move on to Uncle Sam celebrating the 4th of July and Uncle Sam is another than our truth as he touts the importance of Independence Day, the movie, shouting out Will Smith, Jeff Goldblum, and Vivica A. Fox for saving us from the aliens invading the Earth. This leads to Ludwig Kaiser repping Gunther. Gunther comes out and he absolutely demolishes our truth with a clothesline and a powerbomb in under a minute. Just a quick victory for Gunther to say that he truly runs America on his birthday. And quite frankly, I'm not mad at Gunther because he's an absolute badass in every sense of the word. And now it is time for our main event featuring Asuka versus Becky Lynch in a no-hose-barred match. No DQ, no countouts, anything goes. And I thought this was a very nice way to end the show. They've wrestled a lot in the main event spot over the last few weeks or so. And I love both ladies very much. They always have great chemistry, but now I'm kind of done with this rivalry because there's only so much you can do. You've run it back over and over and over again on TV and pay-per-views over the last couple of months. But the work rate is never a miss. As Asuka and Becky went at it, we got table spots, chair spots, trash can spots galore. As Becky had a hard time setting up this chair in the corner and the turnbuckle was giving her hell. And Asuka shoves her into the chair back first, followed by a bulldog into a seated chair that Asuka had folded out in the middle of the ring. Becky Lynch is going to deliver a follow-away slam to Asuka onto a lot of chairs on the floor on the outside. But Asuka is able to avoid another attack by Becky Lynch by sending Becky into the barricade via a hip attack. And the barricade collapses. They fall through said barricade as we go to our final commercial break of the evening. From there, Asuka continues down in this match by landing a superplex on Becky Lynch on two more chairs in the ring for a very close near fall. And Asuka uses the trash can, places it on Becky's head, delivers several kicks to Becky, and then she goes for a missile drop kick while Becky is wearing the trash can for a very close near fall. And the fans want tables at this point. Asuka's more than happy to oblige. She grabs the table underneath the ring, but Becky is going to lay out Asuka at ringside and bring the table in the ring herself. And Asuka grabs an umbrella during all of this. And she's going to miss Becky, but Becky grabs the umbrella, blocks a mist, but she's laid out with the spinning back fist nonetheless by Asuka. So the fight goes up top. Asuka's going for some kind of powerbomb spot to Becky through the table, but Becky powers through, lands a manhandle slam to Asuka through the table for the win. And she looks like a hot ass mess. She looks like someone that went through four seasons of being in the upside down. She's been through the ringer. She's got green mist all over her face. Her hair is green. She's a wreck. She's a winner, baby. And the announcers note the slump is over. She's back on track. We'll see about that as the spiraling of Becky Lynch continues in some shape or form. But I thought this was a nice way to end Monday Night Raw live from San Diego from the 619. And this 
was a decent 4th of July edition of Monday Night Raw. It was a fun, harmless show, minus the puking scene with Otis, which absolutely sucked. But this was just a show that felt very throwaway, but acceptably throwaway in that this is a perfectly acceptable episode of Monday Night Raw as he wrote to SummerSlam gets underway. And I do want to offer a ticket note on the show in Nashville in a few weeks' time. The tickets have been moving briskly since Lesnar versus Reigns was announced for the show, the last man standing match, the last match in the last chapter of this feud, allegedly. This better be the end of the road at long last, but it is a ticket mover still, and that's all that matters. If they move tickets in the arenas and stadiums, this feud, despite how it's overwrought and overlong, it still draws with the masses and that's all that matters so in this case twitter noise be damned because it is still a hot seller for the audience at large and on that note this wraps up episode number 128 of the raw verdict recapping the highs and lows from wwe's flagship show monday night raw i hope you enjoyed it as always you can follow me on social media at lady wrestling x on twitter and our instagram arrest they can find me tweeting and gramming about these podcast shows that drop on this in my daily recapping monday night raw nxt 2.0 aw dynamite for Friday Night Smackdown on Fox and AEW Rampage on TNT. You know what to do. Search Recipetopia and follow me on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Audible, Google Podcasts, Buzzsprout, iHeartRadio, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Plus Amazon Alexa, and Spotify. I'll be back tomorrow morning with episode number 76 of the NXT Nightcap, recapping the highs and lows from WWE's developmental brand. Until then, enjoy your Tuesday. Stay safe out there and don't forget to wash those hands. See you later, boys and girls. Take care. <laughs>